Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and it's another Waiver Wire Tuesday, which means I am once again joined by PFF's lead fantasy analyst, Nathan Yonke. Nate, how goes it, mate? It's going well. I'm going to start with a note on Waiver Wire Tuesday, just so I don't forget, because we had the six teams on bye weeks last week. A lot more fantasy managers were making moves to try making sure they could add players that... uh, don't have bye weeks, so there's probably more players on the waiver wire available this week than any other week that were dropped by other teams. So definitely make sure you're checking out the transactions that happen in your league to end last week because there's probably going to be a couple of players there that could be worth picking up. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's a good idea in general, right? Like every you know day or so, like checking to see who was dropped in your league because you just never know. Players get frustrated with some of the guys that are maybe underperforming that are due to, you know, probably have a better second half of the season and stuff like that. So it's always good to check. And yeah, especially after a week like you like you mentioned, six teams on a buy. And interestingly, no teams on a buy uh this week. So uh that's interesting NFL scheduling as usual. But uh we're coming off a Monday night football game where Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings shocked the San Francisco 49ers in prime time, Nate. Um I, I don't know about you. This was probably one of the better games I've seen Kirk Cousins play. He was uh, really solid in this one, 35 for 45, 378 yards, two touchdowns. Um, He was excellent. He did probably get away with an interception, obviously, on the one Jordan Addison (laughs) uh, touchdown there that he had to rip out of Charvarius Ward's hands. But, I mean, yeah, coming away from this one, any big fantasy takeaways that that, uh, you noticed uh, in this Monday Night Football game? I would say the biggest one is the Vikings' backfield. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they traded for Cam Akers. Uh, saw a couple of snaps in his first game. Saw an increased role in his second game. And then last week, uh, kind of reversed. Madison uh, took over the backfield again. Had 18 carries compared to just one or two by Akers. So it seemed like Madison had kind of retaken the backfield. And it was his again. But in this game, if anything, it was more Akers than Madison for most of the game. Um Madison started the first two drives, played all but one snap. But from that point on, Akers ended up with more snaps, ended up with more carries. Uh, We saw Madison get five carries in the first quarter. I think it was then just one or two in the second, one in the third. And then he didn't carry the ball at all in the fourth quarter. And this is a game where the Vikings had a lead the entire game. So if anything, um, they could have been running more. Um, They ended up passing a lot, respecting the 49ers run defense, but considering Cam Akers is not a receiving running back at all, if anything, I would have expected Madison to have more playing time in this game than he would in a usual game, but instead it was Akers playing more snaps after those first two drives, uh, taking all the carries than the fourth quarter. Madison ended up with a higher average yards per carry, but Akers did have two catches for 30 yards, so ended up with more yards in this game. Um, His third best receiving game in his career with just 30 yards, so a good week for running backs who uh, are only known for rushing the ball with Gus Edwards having uh, 80-yard catch, so he uh, doubled his career high in receiving yards in a game and had his second most receiving yards in a season on a single play, so good week for running backs who don't catch the ball that often, but um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Vikings do at running back going forward. Akers is generally graded a little bit better than Madison so far since he's joined the Vikings. So it wouldn't be all that surprising to see Akers potentially take over as the lead running back. Um, I would still expect Madison to be taking a lot of the passing opportunities 
regardless of what happens, but Akers could be a major factor here in the Vikings backfield going forward. Yeah, and I feel like this was something we, we kind of talked about last week too, right? Because Madison, we, we liked the volume a lot, but we had talked about kind of his inefficiencies and, and struggles and in, in getting anything really going on the ground. And there was always that potential that they could maybe change things up if he wasn't going to be ineffective. So uh, we saw that a little bit in this game for sure. And, and yeah, I think it's definitely something worthy of keeping an eye on going forward because, yeah, even on like limited touches, it's going to be hard to trust Madison if he continues to be that effect ineffective, right? And and we may have to turn to Cam Akers, but um, anything else from the Viking side of things that uh, that stood out to you? Um, There wasn't too much. The wide receivers rotated at as, as expected. Uh, both Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson left the game for short periods of time. Um, late in the game with injuries, but then both were able to come back. So ideally, both of them are just fine. But keep an eye on the injury reports going forward. A lot of notes at the bottom of the depth chart, but nothing that'll have too big of an impact on fantasy, more likely than not. Makes sense. And then, yeah, on the 49er side of things, uh, no Debo Samuel in this game. So they were, well, we thought they were going to lean on uh, Brandon Ayuk. And it looked that way in the first half and then basically completely ignored him in the second half um, and kind of ruined our prize picks uh, pick from from yesterday. But uh, other than that, uh, George Kittle was involved. Christian McCaffrey, obviously two touchdowns. Uh, What else did the 49ers uh, offense give us in this one? Uh, yeah, I think my call on TJ Hawkinson ruined our prize picks a lot earlier than um, Ayuk did. But uh, the big thing was replacing Debo Samuel. We had thought Ray Ray McLeod was going to be the primary replacement for him, which is what we saw last week when Samuel went down. And we've seen Ray Ray get involved when Ayuk was injured earlier in the season, when Juwan Jennings was injured earlier. So it seemed like McLeod would be the guy, but it did end up being Juwan Jennings being the primary replacement for Samuel, at least in two wide receiver sets. And San Francisco was running a lot of two wide receiver sets, especially early in the game. Uh, McLeod still was the third wide receiver would play in three wide receiver sets. Also took at least a couple of snaps in two wide receiver sets, but it was really Jennings who um, ended up getting a lot of the receiving work ended up with five catches or so where McLeod did not see a single target until the last minute of the game when he saw a couple of targets in a row. Um, We did see Jennings replace Samuel the last three weeks, or not the last three weeks, but week 15 to week 17 of the regular season last year, uh, replacing Samuel when he was out at that stretch. So this wasn't the biggest surprise in the world, but still at least a little surprising considering what they were doing last week. So a chance that if we end up seeing Samuel miss another week, uh, they're playing the Bengals next week, that we could see Jennings be a decent sized factor in the offense another week. Yeah, makes sense for sure. Um, All right, let's go on to our waiver wire picks in just a second. But I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Western and Southern, our presenting sponsor here, uh, a fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. 
M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate, let's talk about some of the quarterbacks on the waiver wire uh, this week. And starting with a familiar name that we have not seen this year, right at the top is Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. His practice window is open. So um, when do you expect to see uh, Kyler Murray potentially becoming a factor this season? It sounds like it won't be for another week or two. It sounds like they want to take things slow, uh, let him get that practice time in because he hasn't gotten that practice time in with this new offense. So it makes sense that they want to wait a little bit. But um, it's interesting how little information we had before, but now it seems like we have information. Uh, the Cardinals are 1-6 and six so far this season, so they seem in good position to end up picking a quarterback in the upcoming draft. So it seemed like maybe they would trade Murray at this point and just be ready to pick a rookie, but it sounds like they want to see what they have in Murray. Um, either he ends up doing well and then they end up with a better record and don't end up picking a quarterback and uh, stick with Murray going forward, or they don't win many games and then they probably pick a quarterback and move on from Murray this offseason. So it seems like a decent win-win for Arizona at the moment. So uh, they want to see what they have in him. So it'll be a couple weeks before he's a starter. But once he is, he has a decent chance of being a fantasy starter. Uh, he's averaged at least 18.6 PPR points every season of his career so far, which is either it's typically right at the borderline of being a fantasy starter. But most years, he was better than that 18.6 mark. So um, he was seemingly on the decline a little bit in 2022, both in terms of his uh, production from a passing perspective, as well as he wasn't rushing as much, which is really important for fantasy purposes. And especially coming off the injury, he still might not be running very much, but I think this is a risk picking him up, but I think it's a risk worth taking because either he's not doing that well in Arizona or he has the potential to be a top five fantasy quarterback again if he starts playing as well as he was before. Uh, still has Marquise Brown to throw to, still has two good tight ends. Michael Wilson has been playing so far this season. Uh, Rondell Moore hasn't done much, but maybe Murray will throw to Moore more often. So it'll be a risk, but I think there's not going to be that many quarterbacks uh, throughout the rest of the season that have the potential to be a top five fantasy quarterbacks for multiple weeks going forward. We might have a guy who has a good matchup here and there that's worth starting, but there probably won't be that much else. So if you're hurting at quarterback, I would definitely prioritize picking up Murray. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And like you said, there, there's risk, but it feels like it's low risk and, and kind of high reward, right? So depending on who you're you know, dropping to make space for Kyler Murray, it could definitely be worth it. Because like you said, could be looking at a potential top five fantasy quarterback, at the very least, maybe top 10 uh, fantasy quarterback going forward as long as he's in the starting lineup. So definitely worth taking a shot on Kyler Murray and getting ahead of the rush here before he's officially uh, expected to play. Um Another name on the quarterback waiver wire list was one we talked about last week, and that is Sam Howell. Um, he actually jumped a, a pretty decent uh, roster ship share there, going up to like 36%. And some of that could be, you know, having, having a bye week fill-in as well. But Sam Howell, we've talked about the, the passing offense there and how heavy of a, a passing team Washington has been. But um, he's on the list once again for you, Nate. Oh, uh, yeah. He had a little bit of a disappointing week this past week. Completed 22 of 42 passes, uh, 249 passing yards. Didn't really uh, get involved with throwing touchdowns, which isn't great, but he's on this list again just because he 
uh, passing volume, like you mentioned, uh, still has the most dropbacks by a quarterback this season. And his passing yards is among the top seven in the league. So still getting plenty of volume in the passing game, even if it's not efficient. Um, and he faces the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming week. So a game where Washington is likely to be down early in the game and needing to throw a ton. So he should see the volume again in this one. And the Eagles have allowed a decent amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season. So uh, he's been pretty consistently a borderline fantasy starter. Um, I know it's a little bit disappointing when we're talking about a guy multiple weeks and he ends up not having a great game, but with the matchup this upcoming week, if you're looking for a streaming option in particular, Howell's probably your best option. Nice. I like it. Um, And then another name on the list uh, is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, obviously dealing with that neck injury. He's missed the past couple of games. So he's dropped here in in roster ship percentage and got him down to 37% of leagues. Um, Daniel Jones is somebody that we do expect back at, at some point soon, Nate. Yeah, I think he should be back soon. There were talk that he could have been back this past week. So I'd expect it to be not much longer until he's back. Um, someone we talked about last week had a disappointing season so far this season but he was a top top 10 fantasy quarterback last season when he was playing so um the giants offense not doing as well as we'd expect but it's slowly but surely been getting better darren waller's gotten more involved saquon barkley's healthy uh their left tackle uh should be healthy for this upcoming week so the offensive line should be doing better so a lot of things that weren't going well before should be getting better over the course of the season. So we might start to see him playing similar to how he did last year. And the big thing with Jones is his rushing ability. Um, not as big of a name as a rusher as some of the other rushing quarterbacks in the league, but still among the top quarterbacks in scramble yards uh, the past two seasons. So I'd expect his rushing to be able to continue going forward and that helping is uh fantasy outlook so even if he does play this week it's not a great matchup against the jets but uh, if you're looking for another long-term option and murray is not available then jones is the person i'd pivot to nice i like it and then one of the deeper league picks here our last quarterback on the list is Gardner Minshew of the indianapolis colts we know anthony richardson is out for the year um, but Minshew uh rostered in just 3.6 percent of espn leagues right now yeah, he played. Um, he didn't play very well in terms of real life purposes, but for fantasy purposes, he had a very good game this past week. Uh, completed 15 of 23 passes, 305 yards, two touchdowns, uh, pretty consistently getting 300 yards when he's passing. So he's among the better quarterbacks in terms of passing yards per start over the past two seasons. Uh, it's also worth noting he's was playing the Cleveland Browns, who have been a very good defense so far this season. So the fact that he was able to reach 300 yards against the Browns defense does say something, even though he had a number of turnover-worthy throws. Um, His rushing production is also there. He's uh, ran for two touchdowns over the past two weeks. Uh, The only other quarterback to do that is Jalen Hurts, uh, and he was Hurts' backup last year and now has the offensive coordinator of Hurts last year as that coach this year. So he still has that rushing ability, which is very good to see for fantasy purposes. So um, have moved Minshew up my rest of season rankings, which went out uh, earlier today. I think his roster ship should increase pretty significantly since uh, the Colts have one of the best schedules for fantasy quarterbacks over the rest of the season. So um, could very well consider Minshew over Daniel Jones at this point too, even though there's a huge difference in terms of how much the two are rostered, but 
I think Minshew is a great option if you're in a deeper league in particular and looking for a quarterback who could help down the stretch. Nice. Love it. Um, all right, let's talk about some running backs here. And we'll start with a, a guy that we, we, we've liked quite a bit this season, and it seems like his roster ship dropped just under 50% uh, this past week because of being on a bye. Uh, Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers, who has potentially taken over that Carolina backfield. Uh, yeah, so Miles Sanders has been dealing with an injury, but Hubbard the, a week ago ran the ball 18 times, was the clear uh, every down back for Carolina, and there have been comments that they're going to go with the hot hand going forward, and so far Hubbard's been the clear hot hand among the two running backs in Carolina, so it seems like Hubbard very well could be the starter for Carolina over the course of the rest of the season. So I know there's a lot of interesting running backs this week, particularly those who will do well over these next few weeks. But I think Hubbard has a chance to be not only a starter this upcoming week against a good matchup against the Houston Texans, but a potential fantasy starter over the course of the rest of the season. Nice. And then, yeah, another player that we talked about uh, yesterday, actually, in, in the recap episode, the takeaways with that that Rams backfield. Um, Daryl Henderson makes the list here for you. Uh, he's rostered in just 6% of leagues right now. So uh, for anybody that might have missed it yesterday, what do we like about uh, Daryl Henderson? Yeah, I'll cover Henderson and the next one, uh, Amari DiMarcato of the Arizona Cardinals, mm -hmm. too, since these two are fairly similar in that the starting running backs on their team is on injured reserve, so these are just short-term options, but they are the lead running backs for their teams in the short term. So if you're looking for someone just for the next two or three weeks, Henderson and DiMarcato are the clear next two options. Um, the Rams running backs, uh, Aaron Williams and their backup, Ronnie Rivers, both on injured reserve out for the next three weeks. Uh, it ended up being Henderson and Royce Freeman who saw, the, saw all of the work this past week. They had a rotation by drive. Henderson took the first drive. Freeman took the second drive. Henderson the third and so on, except when it was Freeman's drive, they didn't always trust Freeman to take every snap on the drive. So Henderson would still get a little bit of work on Freeman's drives, which is why Henderson ended up with more playing time in basically every situation and ended up with more carries in this game ran the ball 18 times compared to 12 for Freeman and the Rams have like running the ball whenever they've been able to. So I would uh, have Henderson as someone who can be a fantasy starter over these next three weeks. Nice. I like it. And then like you mentioned too, Amari DiMarcado, uh, it was kind of a messy situation uh, at first with um, the, the Cardinals backfield in, in the first week without James Conner, but DiMarcado kind of emerged um, last week or this past week in the clear lead back for, for Arizona as well. And like you said, James Conner on IR for a couple more weeks. So maybe more of a short-term thing, but uh, nice to see here for DiMarcado uh, and fantasy purposes. Uh, yep, we had seen Keontae Ingram uh, take the rushing or primary rushing role last week and DiMarcado take the receiving role. And now DiMarcado had both roles as both the early down back and the late down back. Uh, we still saw Damien Williams get a little bit involved here and there, but DiMarcado, the clear majority of offensive snaps. So this was great to see. Uh, Connor will be out for at least the next two weeks. The matchups for those two weeks aren't the greatest. So. I would expect DiMarcado to see close to 15 touches each of those games, but it might not be the most efficient games out of a running back. So probably only taking him if I'm dealing with injuries to other running backs in my league or have bye weeks, not this week, but the following week. But I think he's someone at least worth considering if you are looking for a running back. 
Nice. Makes sense. And uh, yeah, the other piece of news that came out, I guess yesterday, was Jerome Ford is dealing with an ankle injury that is likely to keep him out one to two weeks. So Cleveland Browns lose another running back. This one, luckily, just for the short term. But Kareem Hunt makes the list here because he is just under four, uh, just under 50% uh, roster ship on ESPN at 47%. So uh, Kareem Hunt would definitely be somebody that we'd be interested in uh, for the next couple weeks, right? Ah, uh, yeah, we saw Hunt two weeks ago start to see more playing time, uh, cutting into Jerome Ford's playing time a little bit. Uh, then he showed up on the injury report this last week, was limited in practice, and I believe he was limited in this game as well since we saw Ford be the starter and Hunt get some playing time throughout the game. But then once uh, Ford went down, it was Pierre Strong who ended up getting the majority of the snaps. So I think Hunt wasn't quite ready for last week to have a really big workload it'll be interesting to see uh the practice reports this week to see if hunt is ready to take over as the lead back for the next week or two or if pierre strong has a pierre strong will have a role in the offense regardless but uh pierre strong if hunt continues to be injured could be the starter this upcoming week so between the two running backs it'll be very important to just uh, keep an eye on the practice reports see if hunt is practicing or not uh, see if there are any reports on how the backfield was split out but there's definitely a chance pierre strong will also be heavily involved and they're facing seattle this upcoming week which is about an average matchup for running backs so wouldn't take the matchups too heavily into consideration for this upcoming week Nice. Like it. Um, all right. Another player that we had talked about, I guess, two weeks ago now and uh, taking over, potentially taking over the, the Houston Texans backfield was Devin Singletary, who we saw get more a heavier workload than than even uh, Damian Pierce. And he is rostered in just 26% of leagues. So people potentially waiting on that one. But uh, we still like Devin Singletary a fair bit. Uh, yeah, it was great to see him get a larger role, getting a lot of the carries as well as the passing down work two weeks ago. Uh, the only concern is this was a one-week thing, uh, like we were talking about at the top of the show with the Vikings running backs. We saw it go one way one week and then a different way another week. Uh, we saw Arizona similarly uh, have one kind of rotation two weeks ago and then a different rotation this past week. So Singletary could have just been a one-week thing, or this could be how the Texans' backfield goes for the rest of the season. Uh, they had the bye week to better figure out what they want to do with their running backs, so it'll just be interesting to see what they do this upcoming week. Um, it's just a bit of a gamble. You could be getting a running back who's a fantasy starter over the rest of the season. You could be getting a running back that is just a third down back over the rest of the season and not worth having on your fantasy roster. So just a complete gamble, but Singletary did grade well throughout his time in Buffalo, even though he wasn't always given a ton of opportunities. So I think Singletary is a talented running back who after he's playing behind a Houston Texans offense, that's playing well, uh, the offensive line that was banged up a lot for the start of the season, hopefully uh, is now at a point where the offensive line will start playing better. So there's a chance that this is a perfect storm for Singletary to have a huge second half of the season, but they could also go right back to Pierce and was just sending him a message two weeks ago. 
I like that. I like the idea of sending a message uh, to your players like that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to a couple of players uh, who not necessarily the RB ones in, in their backfield, but um, some guys that have been effective with their touches. Tajay Spears of the Tennessee Titans rostered in 34% of leagues and Jaleel McLaughlin of the Denver Broncos uh, also just under 50% at 46% of leagues. Uh, yeah, both of these players just have played very well whenever they've been given the opportunity. Um, they're, if you look at any of their efficiency metrics in terms of avoided tackles per attempt, how often they're getting first downs, yards after contact per carry, uh, even simply yards per carry, both of them doing very well. Uh, has Spears a little bit ahead. It's worth noting that a week from today is the trade deadline for the NFL so there are a couple guys on this list too uh, could be affected by their teams making trades, and Spears is one of those players. Uh, we just saw the Titans make a trade yesterday, trading away Kevin Byard. Uh, so they could be looking to trade other veteran players and Derrick Henry. Uh, the contract isn't the most friendly for making the trade, but it is at least possible that they move on from Henry at the trade deadline, in which case Spears would be the clear every down starter for Tennessee. So um, there are players like that that are worth stashing on your bench just to see if a starter on that team gets moved and then the backup ends up having a lot more fantasy value. So Spears is someone that probably has a bit of value right now, but if the Titans don't end up trading Henry, then we'll probably just see more of the same of Spears over the course of the rest of the season. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um and then a few other guys that we have here are Deontay Foreman, Latavius Murray. Uh, um, both of these guys here deal. There's injuries in the backfield, right? So they've had, they've gotten uh, some work, especially Deontay Foreman, obviously with uh, Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson, both out Roshan Johnson dealing with the concussion. So potentially could be back for the next game. Um, but Deontay Foreman was obviously very um, impressive this past week. And then Latavius Murray as Damian Harris is also dealing with a, with an injury. So he's been getting a little bit of work in Buffalo as well. Uh, yeah, Foreman scored those three touchdowns this past week. It was still a split backfield with him and Evans. So uh, we hope Johnson is back next week. But with how well Foreman played and with Johnson missing the past couple weeks, I'd expect Foreman to at least be in that 50-50 kind of split with Johnson. Or if anything, Foreman could be the starter again for another week. So uh, I'll, it's a very short-term thing, and we might not know exactly how the Bears' backfield will shake up until after the game's already started, which isn't great, but I think Foreman is someone who should see roughly 50% of snaps for at least another week, uh, probably the next two weeks, and could do well in those opportunities if he continues to play this well. So he's at least worth considering, even though he is rostered in a lot of leagues. And typically as we get further down this list, ideally it's players that aren't available in as many leagues, but I think I still had to include Foreman because there is that possibility that he's the starter for another week. And then uh, Latavius Murray, we saw Damian Harris uh, land on injured reserve, uh, suffered that concussion and neck injury when, to the hospital it didn't look good but luckily he was out of the hospital the next day but we just haven't while we've heard a lot of good things in terms of uh his quality of life and those things we don't know when he might get back to playing football but the bills basically had a two-man backfield rather than a three-man backfield uh ty johnson was added to the roster only played i think one or two snaps so he really wasn't involved um i think if the bills start playing better uh, then both running backs will see significant opportunities 
a chance both of them could be fantasy viable in that case. So I think he's someone worth picking up for those games where the Bills are expected to have blowout victories, which the Bills haven't been playing quite as good recently. So those games might not be happening as much, but in case the Bills do start getting things back together, then I think Murray has the chance to be pretty viable as a fantasy running back, especially because he's getting all of that goal line work. Yeah, yeah, that makes a huge difference for sure. And then the last player on the list, one of the deeper ads here, uh, is Chris Rodriguez of the Washington Commanders, who is slowly maybe potentially getting a little bit more work. Um, what do you like about Chris Rodriguez for for Washington? Uh, yeah, he ended up leading the Commanders in rushing yards among their running backs, gained 31 yards on seven carries. Um, there were times earlier this season where he saw a couple of carries here and there, but most of them came late in games where the seven carries for Rodriguez were pretty well spread out throughout the game. Um, Brian Robinson hasn't been playing as well recently, uh, fourth straight game averaging 3.2 yards per carry or less. So it, it's not surprising that the commanders are potentially trying something new at running back going forward. A little surprising that it's not Antonio Gibson considering Gibson's success uh, earlier in his career that, Rodriguez is the one uh, now second on the team in carries this past week uh, rather than Gibson, who's only run the ball more than three times, I think, once this season. So Gibson, someone that I find dropping at this point, even more so now knowing that Rodriguez could be the one who would get the carries if something were to happen to Robinson. But I think Rodriguez, uh, especially in fairly deep leagues, if you're just looking for someone to pick up who could end up seeing more playing down time down the stretch it seems like they're willing to give rodriguez more opportunities so if rodriguez is out playing robinson uh certainly a chance rodriguez ends up being the starting running back at some point this season absolutely yeah like that call um all right let's before we go into the, the wide receivers let's do one more quick ad break here uh from our friends at prize picks so Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Nate, it's redemption time for us. Uh, the 49ers and the Vikings, they they stabbed us in the back on Monday night, especially. I, I really felt that Brandon Ayuk won five receptions in the first half. He just had to get one more the rest of the game and only saw one more target that was basically in the dirt before he could get uh, his is uh, before he could get the last catch did not get it. So we're going to have to redeem ourselves here. We got a couple picks. Um, do you want to start with this one? What's your what's your pick for uh, prize picks this week? Uh, sure, I'll go with DJ Moore of the Chicago Bears, over 56.5 receiving yards facing the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, who have allowed more or more fantasy points to wide receivers this season than any other team. So uh, that's been great to see. Moore has been right around 50 receiving yards these past two weeks, and then prior to that, uh, did have uh, three out of four games, over 100 receiving yards. But against the Chargers, uh, they've especially allowed plenty of receiving yards to outside receivers. Uh, this past week, it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 84 receiving yards all on the outside of when they faced the Raiders. Both Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams uh, had uh, over in the 70s in terms of receiving yards, specifically when they line up on the outside. And DJ Moore is someone who very consistently lines up on the outside, which is why I'm specifically looking at those numbers to the outside. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, week one, had a huge game against them. Even someone like Traylon Burks uh, had one of his better games of the season against this Chargers defense. So I think more regardless of who's that quarterback, I think he will be fine to get 
at least 56.5 yards. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I'm going with Kenny Pickett over 219 and a half passing yards. Uh, he's only missed it once this year. The Jags have allowed the second most passing yards in the league. Pickett has uh, Deontay Johnson back. Obviously, George Pickens has been playing well as well. The Jaguars outside of like Josh Allen on defense haven't been able to generate a lot of pressure either. So that helps with that kind of poor offensive line for the Steelers. Um, Pickett's been passing quite a bit. So I think there's potential there for Kenny Pickett to, to be able to put up at least 220 passing yards on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. So uh, that's where we're going. These are our redemption picks. We're going to get them um, at prize picks. And, and just remember, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projection. So go to prizepicks.com slash fantasy. Use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash fantasy. And use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Nate, let's talk about some wide receivers here. And somebody that was on the list last week, and I don't know that he's going to be on the list again uh, next week because he should jump over that 50% considering how well he's played. Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, had a 125-yard performance uh, ever since Gardner Minshew became the quarterback. He's been heavily involved in the offense. Uh, Michael Pittman's still the number one wide receiver on the team, but Downs is a very close second. Uh, his usage has been very consistent throughout the season. Uh, he's the third wide receiver and three wide receiver sets, but the Colts are one of just five teams who use 11 personnel on over 75% of their plays, so Downs is very consistently playing around that 75% of offensive snaps week in and week out. So a lot of times it's hard to rely on slot receivers who only play in the slot in 11 personnel, but this is one of the couple exceptions where you can trust a slot receiver. Uh, third straight game with at least 13 PPR points, which is great to see. And his two, uh, two of his worst games of the season, his two games where he had three or fewer receptions were both the games where Anthony Richardson played at least 95% of offensive snaps. So with Richardson out for the season, uh, he's been Minshew's second favorite target. Uh, he's up to 401 receiving yards this season. That is the second best mark for a third round wide receiver at this point of the season in the past decade. Terry McLaurin's the only one with more. So Downs has been having an excellent season so far, considering he was a third round pick. So I think he's someone that uh, you can definitely consider for your fantasy starting lineups. Um, you can look at the wide receiver the defenses who have a lot, a lot of receiving yards to slot receivers and stands is always lining up in the slot. So uh, you're able to take advantage of knowing what his matchups are going to be like. So that should also help with making decisions with your lineup. So I think out of all the wide receivers this week, Downs has probably been the most dependable so far and should continue to be the most dependable. Yeah, he's been excellent. Um, somebody else who has been excellent on not nearly as high of a workload uh, has been Rashi Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs. But we talked about it yesterday. That workload is slightly increasing for him. So we there's potential there that he could be, uh, emerge as maybe Kansas City's top wide receiver, at least um, over there. Yeah, we knew this last week. Justin Watson was inactive with an injury, which should, which helped the playing time to a lot of receivers. Uh, the big thing that was a little bit more of a surprise, which helped, is Kadarius Tony didn't get nearly as involved in the offense. Uh, Tony was someone else who had a very high target share on a small sample of plays. He and Rice were fairly similar in that respect, but Rice had been playing a lot better compared to Tony so far this season. 
So Rice saw a fairly sizable increase compared to last week, and it's the second straight week where he saw a decent-sized jump, and this led to a career-high receiving production. He caught five passes for 60 yards and a touchdown. A clear top wide receiver in Kansas City so far this season. Uh, leads the team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, yards per route run. A lot of that, despite the fact that a lot of other wide receivers have been seeing more playing time. Uh, the only concern is they did trade for Mecole Hardman, who was the top wide receiver last year to see more time in the slot than out wide where Rice has been that wide receiver this year who plays more in the slot than out wide. So if Hardman does start seeing more playing time, he played 11 snaps this past week. It could come at the expense of Rice, but we feels like we're starting to get to the point where Kansas City is realizing that Rice is their top receiver. So if anything, we could also see Rice's playing time continue to increase. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. I mean, we realized it like in like week one, basically. Um, so hopefully Kansas City is coming around now um, that Rashi Rice is going to get more playing time. That will definitely help fantasy managers trust him a little bit more going forward. Um, another name on the list, somebody that that has made the list a few times before, and it's Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's rostered in below 30% of leagues, and he has been hurt and missed some games. So that's definitely played a part there. But this is still a good player in a good offense here, right, Nate? Yeah, same things we, we've been saying for Jones, and I think this is kind of a clear sign that outside of those top two wide receivers that we mentioned, this is probably not the strongest week for wide receivers off the waiver wire. A lot of guys that we have talked about several times, and there wasn't much this past week to really add to why you should pick up these wide receivers. Uh, Zay Jones is someone who was uh, played well enough to be a fantasy starter last year. Uh, still playing uh, significant snaps when he's healthy and consistently scores a lot of touchdowns. So that's been the big thing with Jones, at least in his time in Jacksonville, is he scores a lot. So I think with the defenses focusing more on Christian Kirk, focusing more on Calvin Ridley, that will help Jones once he's healthy again. It's just he needs to get healthy and he hasn't been. So I've been telling people to pick him up and he still hasn't been healthy, which isn't great. But hopefully this is the week where he's able to return to the lineup for Jacksonville. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, all right, so a few other names, and you mentioned it. These are guys that we've talked about uh, in the past, but Elijah Moore of the Cleveland Browns at 45.5% roster ship. Tutu Atwell of the Los Angeles Rams at 47%. Quinton Johnston of the Los Angeles Chargers at 33.6%. And Marvin Mims of the Denver Broncos in just under 9% of, of ESPN leagues. Anybody that you want to expand upon uh, from that group? Um, like I think Johnston, the big thing is he's still a first round pick and I know it hasn't been a strong start to the season, but still not going to give up on him quite yet. And Elijah Moore seeing a lot of targets, just not seeing a lot of production with those targets. So hopefully he's able to in be the same player he was earlier in his career. I think out of these, probably one of the more interesting ones is Tutu Atwell, just because um, he was getting dropped a lot this past week, hasn't done quite as well with Cooper Cup back. And uh, with um, Van Jefferson, he was traded to Atlanta, which does help Atwell. Um, Atwell has the clear highest average depth of target among the wide receivers in Los Angeles, um, has 15 over the past three weeks compared to 11.1 by Cup, 9.4 by Pukunukua. So I think he is someone who will continue to do well facing defenses that allow a lot of yards on deep passes. Uh, he only had the one catch this past week, but it was a 31-yard catch for a touchdown. So I think 
he's someone who can be started still if the matchup is good enough. Um, and especially he might be someone who's better in DFS than season long at this point, just because he is a third receiver, but similar to Josh Downs, the Rams are the only team to use 11 personnel in over 90% of their snaps. So again, if there's any team in the league that will be able to have three fantasy relevant wide receivers, it will be the Rams and they have done it before. So I think Atwell is still someone who can be started if the matchup is right. Nice. Good call. And then last wide receiver on the list here is one of the, the deeper calls here at Demario Douglas of the New England Patriots, rostered in 0.3% of ESPN leagues, but had a decent game um, this past week. And it was somebody that we talked about uh, yesterday in the recap episode as well. But for those who missed it, uh, Demario Douglas of the New England Patriots, Nate. Oh, uh, yeah. I will also pair Mar- Marvin Mims here because these sure. are two receivers where um, there's a chance their team might be trading a wide receiver that's higher up on the depth chart. So the ideal scenario here is that for Mims, either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or both get traded. And for Douglas, ideally Kendrick Bourne gets traded, which might not happen with how well Bourne's been playing recently. But uh, Douglas is someone who's played very well so far this season when given the opportunity us uh, consistently playing in 11 personnel and not in 12 personnel. So not seeing quite as much playing time as you'd like to see. And once Juju Smith-Schuster is back, wouldn't be surprised if he loses a little bit of that time in 11 personnel. But Douglas has fairly consistently been playing above Smith-Schuster in that personnel grouping. As 2.24 yards per run is the top figure among the Patriots wide receivers. So out of all of them, on a per-play basis, Douglas has been playing the best. So if Kendrick Bourne does get traded, then there's a chance Douglas could start getting involved more in 12 personnel, which would be ideal for his situation. Um, I think in that case, he could be considered a, a fantasy starter in the right matchup. So Douglas is someone that I would be interested in picking up specifically for a week or so. See what happens if Kendrick Bourne gets traded. See what happens once Juju Smith-Schuster is back from his concussion and what they do this upcoming week. So just someone to gamble on in the short term that we could find out very quickly if he ends up paying off. And then Mims fairly similarly, we've seen him play uh, roughly 25% of offensive snaps all season long. That doesn't seem to be increasing yet, but if they do make a trade at wide receiver, then Mims seems to be the clear option to see a fairly sizable increase in playing time. Yeah, that's the hope there with Mims. Um, definitely somebody that an exciting player who can add some value as a fantasy asset, and you would think as an actual NFL asset as well. We just need the Broncos to kind of use him a little bit more. Um, before we move on to our tight ends, uh, we are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween. Uh, to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Following a compact des- or featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you the smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane, airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on-the-go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolf men with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. 
All right, let's go to our tight ends here. And uh, yeah, this, this is a this is a fun group to talk about. And it starts with Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills. So we just found out that Dawson Knox is going to miss some time. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid was already somebody that we were excited about getting slightly more work uh, in the Bills offense. So um, Dalton Kincaid of the Bills, Nate. Uh, yeah, I had Kincaid at the top of the tight end list even before I knew about Knox's injury. So Kincaid had his best game of his career in terms of receptions and receiving yards, both leading the Bills, or uh, yeah, leading the team in Week 7. His usage was fairly similar than it was early in the season, uh, consistently playing in two tight end sets and then splitting time with Knox in 11 personnel. There was a pretty clear tendency throughout the season of whenever Kincaid's on the field in 11 personnel, they're probably passing the ball where whenever Knox was on the field in 11 personnel, a bit more split in terms of how often they ran and passed the ball. So with Knox's injury and also Quentin Morris, their third string tight end, misses last game with injury, still was not practicing. On Monday, they've got that Thursday night football game this upcoming week. So Kincaid very well could play close to 100% of offensive snaps uh, this upcoming week without the Bills hurting at their other tight end positions. So that's going to be huge for him. Um, it will only lead to a slight increase in terms of routes run because it's going to be a lot of run plays where Kincaid wasn't in before that he will now be on the field for. But this will also come with an increase in routes run. So uh, the increase in volume in routes is going to help him and seeing him, his target share increase fairly sizably this past week is also huge. So if he's able to continue to see this target share, um, even without the increase in snaps, he'll be a fantasy starter. If he's able to take advantage of the increase in playing time and continue to see a lot of targets, then he has the potential to be a top five fantasy tight end going forward. The big thing that we thought he would be able to do this season is score a lot of touchdowns because Knox had been very good in terms of touchdowns per receptions over these past few seasons. Uh, Knox even scored a touchdown this past week. So Kincaid's been kind of at the borderline of being a fantasy starter in a number of weeks. Um, if he's able to start scoring touchdowns, then that's going to pretty well skyrocket his fantasy value. Could potentially be a top five fantasy option the rest of the season, especially if Knox is missing significant time. So Kincaid, probably the best waiver wire option at tight end that we could see over the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if he's still uh, below 50% after, uh, after this week, because yeah, the, the wheels are up at this point with the, the injury to Dawson Knox and that increased playing time plus the big game. So everything is in going in the right direction of Dalton Kincaid right now. Um, another player who saw an increase in playing time because of injury to the, the tight end room, uh, a couple weeks ago was Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a bye week. So he dipped below 50%. He's at 45.2% right now. Yeah, he's one of those players, like I was talking about at the top of the show, where you should be looking to see who was being dropped in your league because Ferguson was dropped in a number of leagues. Uh, he had the bye week last week and the week before he just got the one pass for 15 yards. But like we were saying a week ago, he saw a pretty sizable increase in playing time. This past week, uh, he had been limited at times earlier in the season. It was Peyton Hendershot. Uh, now Hendershot is on injured reserve. Uh, but this past week, he was rarely leaving the field or 
the week before he was rarely leaving the field. Uh, the only problem is he wasn't seeing the targets that he had been seeing earlier in the season. But if you match this amount of playing time with the number of targets he was seeing earlier, then you have a clear fantasy starter. And I think I would trust his target share more from the earlier weeks than I would trust the target share just in one game. So I think his targets will should be able to rebound. And this high amount of playing time should be able to continue. So I think Ferguson very well could be a top 10 fantasy tight end over the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a great call. We love how involved he's been in the offense, even when he had a limited snaps, but now hopefully with more snaps that he continues to be heavily involved there for the Cowboys. And then the last name on the tight end list is another rookie tight end um, is Michael Mayer of the Las Vegas Raiders. So we've seen his role increase over the past couple of weeks as well, Nate. Uh, yeah, this is a player where you need to kind of look at what the Raiders did in last week's game rather than just looking at some of the game-long percentages because the Raiders were getting blown out in this game, so they ended up taking out a number of starters, and they took them out fairly early in this game. There was still a good 10 minutes left, so Mayer didn't end up playing in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Devontae Adams didn't play in the last 10 minutes. Josh Jacobs didn't play in the last 10 minutes, so... It's the star players, and Mayer was considered among those star players that they felt the need to take out. So uh, he played 46 of 50 of the Raiders' first 50 snaps, so his playing time was uh, even higher than it was the week before when he had his breakout game. Uh, the only thing is he only had four targets, uh, caught two of them for 13 yards, so not the best game in terms of receiving production. They were focusing a bit more on the outside wide receivers, but Mayer is someone that might not be worth putting in fantasy lineups quite yet, but he has that potential uh, to be someone who sees a ton of playing time going forward, a uh, lot more than he was seeing earlier in the season, and should be able to pair that with a lot of talent. He was considered by a lot of people the top tight end in this draft class, and we've seen what other tight ends in this draft class have been able to do. So Mayer, I think, is capable of being a fantasy starter if they start targeting him more. It's worth noting Brian Hoyer was the quarterback this past week. Uh, Jimmy G should be back at quarterback, hopefully sooner rather than later. And Jimmy G uh, is thrown to tight ends plenty in the past, so very well could see Merrick get more targets in future weeks than he saw this past week. Yeah, great call. And yet yeah, excited about the potential there for, for Michael Mayer in Las Vegas. But that's going to do it for all of our waiver wire picks for uh, for week eight. So uh, hopefully that you guys found that helpful. Um, be sure to you know stay active on the waiver wire. I think more than anything, this is kind of the time of the year where we start to see some of the league mates maybe not be as active or or start to lose interest. But I found that e even if you have a losing record, just remaining active in the waiver wire gives you a huge advantage over the rest of your league. So be sure to make sure you get those picks in uh, as soon as possible every Tuesday night before waivers run on Wednesday for most leagues. So again, hopefully you all found that helpful. P feel free to like and subscribe to the PFF YouTube channel as well. That helps us a ton. Um, Nate, the waiver wire edition is done for this podcast, but we also have our five round draft, uh, which we have to keep going. Uh, and you are coming off a win with our orange characters. We, we based it uh, more around Halloween. Um, so we wanted to go with the orange characters. You pick up the win there squeaking one out. I think it was like 52 to 48% or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, uh, yeah, again, I was right? keeping an eye on it the first day. It kept on switching who had the lead back and forth and back and forth. So it was a fun one this past week. But I think that's two straight color character victories for me after you had that long streak of color character victories. So I think we still have at least a couple colors that we can go through at some point of time. But yeah. that's not what we'll be doing today. Yeah, yeah, we're switching it up a little bit today. There was the uh, the announcement recently that the I guess it's the Olympics, right? The 2028 yep. Olympics. We're going to include uh, a flag football team, and the NFL is encouraging players to play in this flag football game. So obviously, this is still like five years away, um, yep. but it, it could be a little fun here. So we're we're going to try to pick. We're going to do a five round draft to pick our flag football team using only current NFL players, right? So uh, we can't pick anybody that we expect is going to be in the league um, in, in the next year or so. Oh, yeah, because both of us follow the NFL a lot more than we follow college. So I don't want us to pretend that we know enough about the college <laughs> players to pick the right ones at this point. We'll yeah, get it all yeah. right by the time the NFL draft happens and your dynasty drafts in months from now. But for now, we are focused on helping you win your fantasy leagues this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for full disclosure, I do not start watching college football until January when we get all the the tape and everything, and that, that's when I start watching everything there. Um, but yeah, we're going to use NFL players here. So because you won last time, I get the first overall pick uh, for my flag football team. And I feel like last time we did like a future NFL team kind of thing using current players, I made the mistake. Well, it wasn't I don't know. You, I think you had the first overall pick. So, but I, I, Patrick Mahomes was like the clear, obvious choice, and I wasn't gonna pick him at first because I know you do kind of have to play both sides of the ball um, for flag for flag football. But I still feel like you need a quarterback, um, and I don't think there's a, a better choice at quarterback than than Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, even in four years from now or five years, whatever it is, I, I think he'll still be I don't know thirty or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I feel good about Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback, okay? Yeah, like I feel like when we did that draft a couple, however long ago it was now, and we were very clear that this is going to be something that happens in a couple years. I know this game won't happen for 2028. I don't think the voters are going to care as much yeah. about that part. So I'm also fine starting with a player that might not be quite as fast in five years from now, but I'm still going to go with Tyreek Hill for my first pick. I think out of the wide receivers, there are plenty of good wide receiver options, but with how good Hill has been playing so far this season and with flag football, a lot of it being about speed and uh, I'm getting someone for speed, I'm getting Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he'll be 33 um, when this game is played. But I mean, I, I still think he's still going to be one of the fastest humans on the planet. So it, it's it's hard to argue that. Um, I'm going to get my my wide receiver to pair with uh, Patrick Mahomes as well now. And I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's going to play wide receiver, but um, I feel pretty good about using him a, as a corner. I mean, who better to cover wide receivers than one of the league's actual best wide receiver who knows all the routes and can pay, basically run it for them. He'll only be 28, I think, by the time this game is played. So still it, very much in his prime. So Patrick Mahomes getting Justin Jefferson as his wide receiver one. Um, and there won't be a rotation like there is in Kansas City, obviously. There. So um, with this draft, it's interesting since like there's only a couple of players that we'll be getting on our team. So we have to kind of balance the strategy. And like knowing that you have a quarterback, I know you're probably not going to get a quarterback. So I know quarterback's important, but I'm not going to get a quarterback yeah. until my fifth pick. So I'm going to go with someone that I don't think is going to be the most important player to my fantasy 
or not my fantasy, my flag football team, but someone that I want to just make sure that I get and you don't get. And that's uh, Micah Parsons. You need someone to rush that quarterback on every single play and also capable of potentially playing a little bit of running back here and there. And I think Parsons is capable of doing both. I think Unlike going with my first pick where I pick someone who will be in his 30s by the time this game is played, Parsons should be right in his prime still when this game happens. So I think Parsons is someone that can play both offense and defense just fine and be able to uh, at least uh, rush Patrick Mahomes here and there and make it a little bit more difficult on him. Yeah, that's a great call. Parsons was on my list, and uh, yeah, that that kind of throws a little bit uh, of a wrench into my plans here because he was going to be my next pick. And now I am scrambling and I am going to go <laughs> with, uh, I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson. Um, he'll be my, my starting running back. Um, we don't have to worry about Arthur Smith, hopefully not uh, coaching uh, team USA here for the flag football game. So uh, Bijan Robinson should get plenty of work here and uh, playing on both sides of the ball. I, I might get him to, to, chase the pass to, to, to rush the passer a little bit right he doesn't have to worry about offensive linemen necessarily blocking him he's shifty he can you know he, he can do his thing i, I i'm trusting Bijan robinson on defense too so uh he makes the team there uh you're the idp guy but i'm gonna be the one getting two yeah. defensive players <laughs> first so I'm going with Sauce Gardner for my next one. I was debating if I wanted to just get a lot of wide receivers and make them all play cornerback or at least get one cornerback on my team who still I would trust him to catch the ball at times and they'll be able to make some impact on offense. But Sauce Gardner, out of all of the young cornerbacks, you need speed and Gardner has the speed. There's other cornerbacks that also have the speed, but I want Gardner on the team. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to think that I, my, my defense might be hurting a little bit because I think I'm just going to put another wide receiver at corner as well and just hopefully stack up this offense enough. And I'm going to go with uh, Jamar Chase uh, as my other wide receiver here, uh, hoping that he could play corner. Same basically um, concept as having uh, Justin Jefferson play some corner as well. Uh, it, so that, that'll be interesting to see these guys on defense, but I at least have confidence that the offense run by Patrick Mahomes uh, with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Bijan Robinson to throw to should at least make up for the defensive lapses that we're bound to see. I'm going to continue with my quest to get as much speed as I possibly can on my team. You've got some very well-rounded players, but I want to make sure I have the faster players. So I'm going to get Garrett Wilson for my other wide receiver, uh, picking back-to-back -back Jets on my team. But I think um, I will get him a better quarterback than he currently has with my next pick. But I think Wilson, uh, out of all the young wide receivers in the league, has a ton of talent. So um, there were other wide receivers I was considering, Chris Olave, Jalen Waddell, other guys that I would also have been perfectly happy with them on my team, but I will pair up Wilson with Hill. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm tempted to go quarterback here just because you're saving quarterback for last and hopefully <laughs> just put a complete wrench, but I don't know. I I think there's, there's still a lot of good quarterbacks, but I am very, yeah. very tempted to like try to grab the march out or something. Uh, um, I think I'm going to go with, you know what? What? Uh, let, Let's free these guys from Arthur Smith. I'm going with Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm going to put him here at tight end. I, he's like six foot six. He's got great athleticism, obviously. 
Um, I think I could line him up as like a deep safety and he could, you know, manage the middle of the field. He's pretty used to being in the open field, uh, hoping that the quarterback will throw him the ball anyway. So uh, it's really perfect here. And another guy that we can kind of free under uh, Arthur Smith uh, for, for this game and get him a, a good quarterback as well. So uh, Pitts rounds out my, my team of all offense here. So I, I we'll see what, what, what it looks like on defense. <laughs> You betrayed all the IDP people I out know. there. I'm going to turn them all against you. All I could think of when you were talking about putting pits at deep safety was that one play where Rob Gronkowski was in for a prevent defense for yes, a play yeah. and that not going very well. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I'm going to get my quarterback with my last pick. Lamar Jackson, I think, would be a great option. But like you were saying, uh, this players will be five years older by the time that I actually play this game. So Jackson won't be quite at his prime in terms of rushing at that point. So I think I want to get someone a bit younger. So I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. Nice. I think out of all the quarterbacks in terms of combination of speed and passing accuracy, since I want to make sure I've got someone who can play defense too. And I think out of all the quarterbacks in the league, I think Hurts would be able to do a good job playing fantasy football on defense as well. So Having that passing accuracy as well as its rushing speed, I don't think there's any other better combination. I was considering like Anthony Richardson. I was considering Justin Fields for how athletic both of those guys are, but I want to make sure he's going to be able to get Hill and Wilson and Sauce Gardner the ball. So I will go with Jalen Hurts to be my quarterback. Yeah, I like it. And that's why I didn't want to go with another quarterback here. There's too many good options. Um, and yeah, it'll be a good test to see is the tush push as unstoppable in flag football <laughs> as it is in the NFL? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's not going to be as effective. Yeah, <laughs> a pretty good feeling it won't be. Um, all right, that is going to do it. So we got uh, my team is Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Bijan Robinson, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts, all offense so we are going to get destroyed on defense because you have Tyree Kill you also added Micah Parsons and Sauce Gardner Garrett Wilson and Jalen Hurts at quarterback so we'll get that poll out there at some point today um, but again good luck with your waiver wire picks this week and um, yeah thank you all for listening uh, Nate thank you as well for going through this big list with me um, and please remind everybody what you have up on pff.com this week Sure, as always, have all the recaps to all of the games that happened this past weekend. So that is all up. Have the waiver wire article that we just went over. Also today had five to add, five to drop, five to buy low, five to sell high. Also have my rest of season rankings. So if you're looking for more long-term options, uh, that'll be good to figure out which players you should keep on your roster or uh, potentially add to your roster. Um, tomorrow, we'll, later today, we'll have uh, my rankings for this upcoming week in our tools. So if you're looking specifically for which players you might want to start this upcoming week, that'll be up in the next couple hours. Uh, we'll have that article tomorrow, and then we'll have my start set article up the day after. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, as for me, I'll have the IDP fantasy report out today. So you'll get all the snap shares and utilization from every single defensive player uh, from this past week. And that'll include the IDP waiver wire targets as well. And uh, yeah, IDP rankings will be up. We'll have the wide receiver man zone coverage report out on Thursday morning as well, followed by the offensive line, defensive line matchups to target. And uh, yeah, we'll be back doing the podcast um, in the next couple of weeks, previewing week eight as well. So again, Thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. And until next time, peace out.